This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello and welcome here to another edition of the Husker Online show as we are in the end of the month of June here as Nebraska will hold just one more camp in Lincoln along with the Big Red weekend here on Saturday. But um, before we get to that here later in the show, uh, we're going to start off with where things are at in recruiting. Uh, Nebraska picked up two commitments on Friday, and I think what's significant about this is both these guys are in-state players uh, first, Brock Bando, formerly uh, of Lincoln Southeast, commits to Nebraska um, before their Friday Night Lights camp. He was in town um, visiting. He goes to IMG Academy now. Then uh, 2018 defensive tackle recruit Massery Mapu of York uh, committed after being offered by Nebraska late Friday night. So two in-state recruits commit within a 24-hour period. And I think, Nate Klaus, what's significant about this is Mike Riley, um, I, th- I think, understands the importance of the in-state stuff. And I think he really wanted to make a statement. I- I've talked to some local coaches like Bob Sexton from Beatrice. He met with Coach Riley on Wednesday of last week for an hour in his office. And, and Coach Sexton basically said, hey, I'm going to address the elephant in the room with the in-state coaches. A lot of the in-state coaches feel like you guys aren't coming in the buildings and showing the in-state kids maybe the attention they deserve. And uh, I do think Coach Riley might have uh, listened to that conversation and, and, and took notice. Well, I, th- I think that's exactly what's happened. And, and I don't know if it was necessarily that conversation that – that made him take notice. I think they have been, you know, trying to to uh, put an importance on on recruiting in-state talent and everything. But um, most definitely, I, th- I think that the offers that came to these guys, is, and especially with the timing and everything, um, it, there's no question that Nebraska wants to wrap up in-state guys that that can fit at Nebraska and do what they want to do, whether you know, regardless of position. So, um, and it's big to to wrap up two guys along the lines uh, in-state talent there uh, very very good additions for this class and, and you always like to see in-state kids uh, you know get a chance to um, to join a class and be able to go to Lincoln on scholarship yeah it's interesting with the in-state just because it is a delicate issue for a lot of different guys I mean there's some coaches around the state that um, you know understand it they don't get too wrapped up but there's a handful of vocal coaches that do make a lot of noise behind the scenes that you know, say, hey, these coaches have not been in our school. They're not looking at our guys. And I think that's kind of what Bob Sexton, you know, was trying to to convey to Coach Riley. Like, hey, you know, it's uh, just, just make a visit and, and stop by and, and st- say hi for 20 minutes. And that will go a long way. And, and just show the coaches around the state, you know, you are interested in, in just keeping a, your finger on what's going on. Well, and what also makes this a little bit more difficult, too, is Nebraska's recruiting at an extremely high level right now, right? Right. So, and, and, and everyone knows, it's no secret that there, there aren't a bunch of four- and five-star talent, you know, talents walking around the state of Nebraska. There are some really good football players walking around Nebraska, but when you're recruiting at an elite level like Nebraska is is doing and, and getting better and better at here, um, you know, it, I think it, it becomes there's a, there's definitely a struggle where, where you're saying, OK, well, 
we like a couple in-state guys here at this position, but we're also in on some some other big-time recruits, some national-type recruits across the country too. You know, who who's the better fit? Who's the better player? Who's going to be the better player? How do you project these guys? And I, I think that's that's kind of the struggle right now. It, that it is not an easy decision, and you also have to factor in the politics of everything too. You know, you know, keeping the high school coaches happy and and maintaining a certain amount of Nebraska kids on your roster because I think that's very important. But there's a lot that goes into these decisions, and um, and it's not easy. Sean Callahan and Nate Klaus, as we're talking uh, in-state recruiting, as Nebraska takes two last week in Mastery Maypoo 2018 defensive tackle from York, and then Brock Bando, formerly of Lincoln Southeast, now at IMG Academy in Florida, 2017 offensive lineman. And, and Nate, I'll tell you what, what what's telling to me, though, is this is one of the more, better years we've seen as far as offers around the state. So it's not like there's a lack of exposure and not a one of these guys has picked up that power five offer in the camp circuit. And there have been a lot of guys that have made the rounds. Logan Strom's made the rounds. Brett Cottrell's made the rounds. Patrick Arnold's made the rounds. Tyler Charay. And, and we haven't seen any of these guys earn kind of that next tier up offer. They've all kind of hovered in that group of five offer, whether it's Ohio or Wyoming or Colorado state or in Kevin Williams's case, Nevada. Uh, but we haven't seen anybody else kind of upgrade them to the next tier. Yeah. We haven't seen a lot of the, the big dominoes fall for some of these guys, you know, Kittrell's got the Minnesota offer, but that's his biggest offer at this point in time. Uh, now, obviously before Maypew committed to Nebraska, he was probably the guy who was raking in the, the biggest offers, you know, gaining an offer from UCLA, Iowa, Iowa state, uh, schools like that. So, um, yeah, it is interesting. I, I think there's no question we've seen more uh, foot traffic from colleges during the evaluation period than maybe we've ever seen before. I mean, there's schools that were coming into the state that, that we haven't seen in a very long time. But uh, at the same time, although, you know, the, the list of talent uh, that or the list of guys that are picking up those offers is fairly deep, we haven't seen those bigger offers come to a lot of those guys or, or even the, you know, the top five five to ten players in the state so um yeah i there's not a ton of what i would call no-brainers or slam dunk it's a good it's a good kind of group of five Mm -hmm. missouri valley upper fcs year and i think a lot of these teams you know follow the pack on twitter you see like a guy like noah urbanic i mean he has every major fcs offer in america right Mm -hmm. now and i think that's uh twitter i mean coaches are saying all right our rivals offering this guy we should be recruiting this guy he's our level and I think that a lot of that's what's happening. Jack Bagley, Miller North, has every academic offer known to man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think a lot of his the teams that he's being recruited by see that, and they just follow up and offer and offer and offer. And that's Twitter. That's Huddle. Those are things that are helping these guys. But uh, I, yeah, I've seen camps. We've been the at the rivals camp, and um, I think we Patrick Arnold and Sheree to us are probably the two closest guys. Cottrell would be right there as well, but. Um, at this point, it's hard to know if Nebraska will take one of those guys or how it would play out. Well, and especially with the addition of Brock Bando to this recruiting class for the interior offensive linemen like Sheree and a Patrick Arnold, I, I think all of a sudden that makes it almost unlikely to, that we'll see Nebraska have room to take one of those guys because they were only, you know, they're only really looking to take one interior lineman in this class anyway. And Bando would be on interior or Bando's going to be a guard. He's a guard in my opinion. And he's a guard at IMG Academy, right? Yeah. And he has played some tackle there, but I I think 
in my opinion, in Nebraska's system with the type of guys they they've been bringing in, he's definitely an interior offensive lineman. I think he's a guard, uh, just given his his skill, his athleticism, his, his foot speed. He to me, he's a guard. Now, IMG Academy's coaches, uh, we we spoke with them, um, and and I know I've read some things that he is the most improved player on their team over the course of a year. And, and I think that is what that type of school can do for a player like Brock Bando. I mean, he, he needed kind of that extra uh, competition, that extra challenge to get himself up to this level. And, and there's no doubt he has improved. If you watch his camp reel from uh, the Nebraska or from the Rivals Camp Series event in Orlando, um, he looked outstanding, you know, and you compare that to where he was at a year ago at Nebraska's camp. He was nowhere close to a Nebraska offer a year ago at this time. So he really has improved. Um, and, and I think that is the benefit maybe of going to an IMG Academy. Yeah, he has improved greatly, um, you know, in, in really every aspect. And and that's that's exactly what IMG Academy's you know, kind of designed for. These guys are going to get extra exposure. They're going to improve because they're working with they're working with yeah, physical trainers, nutritionists. Um, coaches who who played in college or in the NFL. I mean, these guys are getting specialized um, treatment in every aspect of their game, so they're going to make significant strides. Plus, their the level of competition is much greater now. The um, you know from those camp reels, yeah, we've seen the improvement now. The next step is for him to become a starter, though, because he didn't even actually start last season for IMG Academy. Uh, he played when he, when he did play. It was it was later on in the games, and a lot of times those were blowout games. So you wanna you wanna see him continue to take that that next step, um, you know, in his development before he gets to Nebraska as an early enrollee. Well, Nebraska up to ten verbal commitments now in their 2017 recruiting class. Um, definitely a, a big weekend on tap here uh, with maybe the biggest camp we've ever seen on campus. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that more throughout the show. But when we come back, we're going to bring Robin Washington in the conversation. And uh, we're going to talk more about the Big Ten and ESPN. They renewed their TV uh, partnership. And there was a lot of questions if that was going to happen. Um, we'll, we'll break that down and discuss that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, and now Robin Washett joining us here on the show as the Big Ten um, has appeared to finalize their television deal going forward. And once again, it more or less solidifies why Nebraska made the move into the Big Ten Conference. Um, earlier, about two months ago, it was announced the Big Ten agreed to a six-year $240 million per year agreement with Fox, which would put the first half of the tier one rights with Fox and FS1. They will get 25 football games and 50 basketball games per year, along with the conference championship football game. But most importantly, Fox will get first choice of weeks. So there's 14 weeks of football games in the big 10. Um, they will get a pick week choice one and then ESPN will get choice two of weeks, et cetera, which means Michigan, Ohio State, and some of these bigger games are going to now fall on Fox and FS1 going forward. But uh, the big news this week was the Big Ten agreed to the second part of their television deal um, with ESPN, and there were some questions if that was going to happen. Uh, it was a six-year deal 
$190 million per year. So $50 million less per year by ESPN. But it at least solidifies now the Big Ten will remain on ESPN, ESPN2, and ABC with very limited games on ESPNU. That's one thing that they're going to get rid of altogether is kind of throwing that random game on ESPNU or even ESPN News. I mean, the Southern Miss game last year, Robin, was on ESPN News. So uh, they have kind of mended that. But all in all, Big Ten teams are going to make um, upwards of 45 to $50 million per year starting in 2017. Yeah, and, you know, it's a, it's a big deal, you know, like you said, just for the schools involved to be able to, you know, have that extra chunk of revenue. But uh, also as, you know, casual college football fan and, or just fans in general, I mean, people have been watching – uh, Big Ten football games on ESPN, ABC, that family and network since the 60s. I mean, so this is like a 50-year uh, relationship that it was good to see continue just because there's something about, you know, turning to, you know, ESPN or ABC and catching college football, especially, you know, the, the 11 a.m. games to get your day started, uh, you know, find those things. But, you know, I, I think what was interesting, though, is that you mentioned, you know, not only is with ESPN covering uh, this second half agreement, uh, the Big Ten is going to make $2.64 billion between their three agreements with Fox, ESPN, and their basketball deal with CBS. So, and the basketball one's minimal, but they'll yeah. still get those Sunday games. And But still, I mean, that's that's about $440 million per year uh, that, that they're going to make over these these agreements that they have with those three networks. So uh, this was a big deal, I think, not only just for, from a, a fan perspective, but obviously for the conference and the schools involved as well. In the basketball, they will keep that Super Tuesday window on ESPN, and then they'll have a Sunday window on CBS. Those will be kind of the prime basketball windows. Uh, but you're going to see a lot of FS1 Big Ten basketball games, I, I think, right? I mean, are, is it just football that's FS1? Uh, I think it's just football because um, – No, you know it's basketball, actually. It's it's it's. Uh, I, I know um, the, the Fox deal also okay. includes basketball as well. So yeah, they will have some basketball as well on Fox. Big Ten Network is owned by Fox, so they are – Makes sense. Tiered together. And uh, Big Ten schools will receive $12.5 million per year from the Big Ten Network on top of the money uh, they'll get. But um, I, I just couldn't see the Big Ten, Robin, going away from those 11 a.m. ESPN games. I, I just think that was too valuable for ESPN to get that Penn State, that Iowa, that Michigan, that Nebraska game that followed college game day on Saturdays. Right. You, you don't have to worry about getting your you know, Ohio State-Michigan game nationally televised. What this thing does is basically gives a national spotlight to, like you said, you know, the, the Minnesotas and, you know, the, the, the Iowas and, you know, even a couple of Nebraska games. I mean, to be able to provide what is, you know, not necessarily a very sexy matchup naturally, uh, a, a pretty prime TV slot, you know, that, that people are going to, you know, as soon as college game day gets over, they're going to start flipping between the 11 a.m. games. And it's it's great experience exposure especially for a game that you know isn't necessarily going to draw a bunch of viewers otherwise to, to basically give them as good of a spotlight as you're going to find and it's a it's a window that the big 10 really embraces i think where i've talked to a lot of guys in the acc and the sec they don't want anything to do yeah. with that 11 a.m window yeah. and i know a lot of fans listening to our show right now say well, we don't want anything to do with the 11 a.m window right. um, i think the sports writers and the coaches and the players are the only people that enjoy the 11 a.m window right. from a tv standpoint it's good because you know when you're sitting on your couch it's you some games to watch exactly yeah but uh, as a fan when, when you got to start tailgating at you know seven o'clock in the morning that can really put a a strain on your day. You'll burn your throat with that first Bloody Mary at <laughs> 7 a.m. <laughs> we talk TV deal going forward here. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett. Uh, you know, it's it's astounding, though, the money in TV 
um, the Big Ten and the SEC are, are obviously pulling away from the field. And uh, I think there were a lot of SEC people that really raised their eyebrows that the Big Ten deal is this much better now than what the SEC has. But in comparison, look at Conference USA. Um, they had to renew. Their teams will only get $200,000 per year on their new TV agreement with ESPN wow. compared to $1.1 million on their last agreement. Um, and that is kind of where the TV business is going. You're, you're seeing um, a lot of the money dry up for the you know the lesser brands, the lesser leagues. Um, ESPN, I think, went to Conference USA and said, we'll give you that same amount of money if you're willing to play Tuesday-Wednesday games. Yeah. And that's what the MAC does. The MAC gets a very good TV deal in retrospect of where they're at in the, on the food chain um, because they play those Tuesday, Wednesday night games. And obviously that's difficult on the schools. I mean, if you're trying to prepare your team, you know, on an awkward week, you know, when you're going on a Tuesday night game and for fan travel as well. I mean, it, it, it's a, it, yeah, it, it makes things difficult logistically for this, you know, the teams and the players and the fans. But at the same time, you know, how many the, the hashtag Maction is now a thing. I mean, people, you know, get excited about watching Tuesday night Mac games, you know, and it, it's it's great for the conference because, it again, it, it puts their product on display nationally, which otherwise probably hardly anyone outside of, you know, that region would even care about watching it. And speaking of, quote, Maction, Nebraska uh, wrapped up a deal this week. Uh, they will play Buffalo for their third non-conference game in 2021. Um, Nate's good friend and our my friend Lance Leipold, now the head coach at Buffalo. Um, Lance used to work at Nebraska, worked at UNO for a number of years. He'll take his team into Lincoln if he's still there. I mean, obviously, a lot can change from now to 2021. Right. He could have a better job or um, whatnot because he's obviously had a lot of success. But uh, they'll play two MAC teams that year, Northern Illinois and Buffalo, along with Oklahoma, um, on their non-conference schedule that year. And it's, I mean, that's, I know people are like, oh, Buffalo. Well, you have to play a couple games like that. You can't play three teams from the Power Five in the non-conference. And I think Northern Illinois is a pretty good team already on that schedule. And uh, you would think Lance Leipold with his winning will at least make Buffalo a formidable opponent. Yeah, and at least it's, you know, not just, you know, Southwestern State Tech, you know, that is basically going to be a complete throwaway game. I mean, this will be at least be uh, a somewhat challenging opponent that's going to give Nebraska, you know, a good look going into their, you know, primetime non-conference game, which, you know, is kind of the what the, the schedule is going to be set up now uh, going forward. I mean, that, that's probably going to become the norm. You're going to have two kind of mid-level games. And then one power your, five. Your primetime non-conference game and then right on into conference play and so I mean uh, it could have been a lot worse I mean I, I think at least you you've heard of these two schools before so uh, and you know like I said if um, you know Lance Leopold is still around there's at least some you know the, the ties to the program they can write a couple stories about and he's a good friend of Sean Eichhorst they both are from Wisconsin Whitewater so uh, naturally I think that played a factor probably in Nebraska lining up this series but uh, call me crazy I still think when you play like a South Dakota State or a North Dakota State that would actually draw more interest than a game with Buffalo just because the amount of fans that yeah. would come. I've A couple of years ago, I've never seen that many opposing fans oh, come down like South Dakota State. You're kind of setting yourself up for a potential disaster, though, because remember South Dakota State almost came in there and beat Nebraska. Yeah, and oh, they, yeah. They were, they had Let's Go Jacks was going echoing through Memorial Stadium, and it was a bizarre thing because, you know, Nebraska fans, you know, it was one of those games they expected, you know, let's just go in there, roll up the, you know, an inferior opponent and get out of here, whereas South Dakota State – that was their national championship game that year. I mean, that was such a big deal for that program and for the fan base. And uh, the energy was clearly on display between the two teams. And, you know, Nebraska was lucky to get out of there with a win. And North Dakota State this year will play at Iowa. So that will be an interesting game that to will see. Be. I mean, I'm, it's an 11 a.m. game, I think, on BTN. 
but that will be one of the more interesting FCS Power 5 games that we'll see this next year. But uh, when we come back on the program, plenty more to talk about, uh, but we're going to talk about Tyron Liu, former Nebraska point guard, winning an NBA championship now as a head coach with the Cleveland Cavaliers. What should Nebraska do to honor Liu? That's next year. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washington, Nate Clow says, we're going to shift over to basketball. And this has kind of been a hot-button topic. And our colleague Lee Barfnick, always controversial from the Omaha World Herald, wrote a, a pretty a pretty good take, I thought, this week um, about Ty Lue. And it's basically time for Nebraska to do something for Tyron Lue. And um, I don't think anyone's going to disagree he is the head coach for the NBA championship Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, he is connected to Shaq, Kobe Bryant, uh, very close to obviously LeBron James. Um, it, it's no doubt um, an interesting debate uh, w- with Tyron Lou Robin as you look at what he's now accomplished after basketball and even on the court in basketball. Yeah, and I would argue that it's not even a debate, in my opinion. And the fact that it has taken this long, like Lee said, is just unbelievable. And it, I was, you know, Lee was right on with his take there, and he said what a lot of people, uh, you know, have been thinking for a long time. I mean, this isn't the first time this topic has been, you know, breached. I mean, he he uh, uh, wrote a column, you know, back when he was, uh, you know, ripping the shim shams and the whole Nebraska basketball production. Uh, you know, back in 2011 or 10 or so, uh, you know, and mentioned that, you know, around Devaney Center back then, you couldn't find a poster or a banner or anything, you know, really spotlighting Teron Liu and his, uh, you know, successes here at Nebraska. So, uh, yeah, that the time has, you know, is now and it has been well past. And you look at the list of accomplishments that he's uh, had, not only over his college career, but his, obviously his professional career and coaching career. Uh, it's a no brainer on so many different levels. And I don't know if this is a deal where they're punishing him because he left early or he had some sort of falling out with the old you know, I think, athletic uh, department. More but, like the Danny Nee. I think he was upset, obviously, that Danny Nee was let go mm-hmm. in the manner that he was let go. And, and, and that, you know, he... Then he's busy as a pro career. I mean, yeah. It's and not like you have a lot of... Three years ago, he was back in Lincoln and inducted into the Hall of Fame. So, I mean... Why is it taking three years since then to put a banner up? I mean, he, he okay. So Dave Hoppen himself said he he asked. There's a column actually, Randy York uh, for Huskers.com. You know, wrote a, a nice kind of thing, kind of following up on Lee's deal. And you know, he said he asked. Or Dave actually uh, was in an interview with Randy and flipped the script on him and asked him two questions. He said, "Is Teron Lou Nebraska's best professional basketball player ever?" Number two. If Lou had returned for one more college season instead of turning pro, would he be Nebraska's all-time leading scorer? And, you know, Dave said that was a resounding yes to both questions. So when you have arguably your greatest all-time player saying, this guy, if he would have stayed here, would have been better than me, and he's the best professional this program has ever had, why are you not acknowledging him to the fullest extent that you possibly can? Now, there's two jerseys retired, right? Piekowski and Hoppen, or is right. there three? And, and uh, uh, I think Stu Lance, too. Yeah, okay, there's three. So it, it is a unique deal. And I guess if you were trying to play devil's advocate, you'd be like, well, what about Eric Strickland? He had just as good or better of a pro career than Lou. He had just as good or a better of a college career than Lou. So then do you have to put a guy like Eric Strickland up there? Or Vincent Hamilton was actually a Big 12 player of the year. Ty Lue was not a Big 12 player of the year. Um, so there are some devil's advocate debates you could have. Are you? How much are you taking account into the pro accomplishments um, or should we only look at college accomplishments? But, you know, Lou was first team all Big Ten, 
helped lead Nebraska to an NIT championship, was a first-round pick, um, took him to the tournament. 98. His, his yep. final season, they lost that game to Arkansas. Uh, but I think there are you know some small arguments you could try to debate, but I, I agree. I think they should do it. I mean, I don't think anybody would ever um, throw a fit if they put his banner up there. Well, and here's the biggest point I see with all this. I mean, I, the, you can make cases for you know a couple of different guys like you mentioned, but if you were to ask any recruit – you know, if there's one player that you actually know about and as far as the current NBA goes, uh, I'm looking at Nebraska's all-time leaders list, the only guy that they're going to recognize is Teron Liu. Uh, I mean, he played 11 seasons and won two titles as a player. Obviously, is fresh off his first title as a coach. I mean, he's paired up with, you know, the best player in the world, LeBron James, and they're good friends. Uh, and that, that relationship and that profile is invaluable for a program like Nebraska that doesn't have pros. I mean, they don't, they don't have guys out there in the NBA that say, oh, yeah, look, we got, you know, Derrick Rose, or, oh, yeah, we got Carmelo Anthony, or, you know, whatever it may be. Nebraska doesn't have that. And so Teron Liu is really the only, you know, current guy that they can point to as a selling point to recruit saying, hey, look, this is what Nebraska has done. This is our NBA connections, because that is a huge deal for kids, uh, especially high-level basketball players. You know, that they'll say, you know, a couple things that they want in a school. You know, obviously they want to play right away. They want a good relationship with the coaching staff. They like playing in the Big Ten, and they want to learn how to or be developed to go to the next level. And so Nebraska's track record right now, there's a big gap right now with, with turning out pros. And so to not fully embrace you know the one guy that has that nba link uh, i just think is absurd and a complete whiff by this administration the fact that it hasn't taken so long well and the other thing you can't challenge is his character you could be like oh yep. well he did this or that got in trouble well he's ne i mean he's never had alcohol in his life nope, doesn't he's never smoke in his life he's never been any kind of trouble in his life this is about as straight and arrow of a human being mm -hmm. as as you could ever have now did he finish his degree because he was only in college for you know, three years. Did he? Nate Klaus shaking his head. Yes, he did finish his degree. So he has his degree from Nebraska. So he's got a number of things. Um, you can't really uh, challenge anything about him. Well, and I will say, you know, we've been bashing, you know, the athletic department here, uh, but it does sound like he's going to be back in Lincoln sometime this fall. You know, he's not going to make it for a basketball game, obviously. The, the season's clash football there. game maybe yeah and so they don't know which game it's going to be but they're going to honor him at some point during the season uh, in memorial stadium uh to give him his big round of applause for you know obviously his, his championship here with cleveland and hopefully you know my hope is fingers crossed that that's when they announce yes we will be hanging your jersey in the rafters there's two things i want to see this year tyron lou at a football game honored we know Dwayne wade and Gab gabrielle union will be back so you could time that out pretty well hopefully they can get this <laughs> lined up for the oregon weekend uh but hannah houston Get her out there to hey. sing the national anthem. Oh, that's my other um, idea thought for this year. Those are two things I'd like oh, to man. see Nebraska try to do. Recognize Grand Island native Hannah Houston, who took third place in NBC's The Voice. Have her sing the national anthem for one of those first September games, and I'm sure she would gladly do it. I think you need to get on the the march here and get this thing going. You know, maybe, maybe tweet at Hannah and see, see what she could say. But no doubt, uh, it will be interesting to see what Nebraska decides to do um, with Ty Lu. But uh, we're going to shift back over to football talk. When we come back, uh, we've had a chance, Nate Klaus and I and Robin, uh, to be around the freshman players and some of the newcomers. We're going to give some early thoughts, early takes, some of the things we've heard about Nebraska's freshmen thus far um, as they make their way through their first month of summer conditioning. Then we'll close the show with the preview of the big Friday Night Lights camp that will take place this weekend here in Lincoln. That's all next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. 
This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show as we continue this June edition as Nebraska has one more camp left, a Friday Night Lights event here on Friday, and then a big red weekend to close things out. And Nate Klaus, one of the things that's been great for us just being around these events and camps is you get a pretty good eyeball look at some of the newcomers, some of the freshmen that have come in and um, like you and I, I mean, that's one of our favorite things because we cover these guys, we talk about them, and you don't get that day-to-day look at them until they get here. And, and we've been able to really see that here with these camps going on. And <laughs> let's let's first start with Lamar Jackson. We had a conversation with um, Brian Stewart. I said, so is Lamar a guy that's going to play and, and look the part? And, and he had sunglasses on, and he just stared me down like I was crazy for even asking that question. <laughs> Yeah, he gave me the look like, did did you really just ask me that question? He's like, are you kidding me right now? You know, look at the kid. He's he's 6'2", 210 pounds. And, I mean, he he looks about as legit of a defensive back, you know, incoming defensive back as we've seen, you know, since I don't remember when. Maybe since. Ralph Brown, Mike Brown. Yeah, I mean. Fabian Washington. Maybe uh, since Prince and Eric Haig, maybe. Well, and those guys are so raw. Well, yeah. It took took the development of Polini to get those guys to where they were at. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, Lamar. Lamar is the real deal, and and as you would expect with the number one ranked safety coming out of high school, he's the real deal. He's going to be working out at, at cornerback for Nebraska, um, but but that's exactly what Brian Stewart wants. He wants a tall, long, uh, physical corner at that at that position, and, and and Lamar Jackson definitely fits the mold there for sure. And this is a, I thought this was interesting. He said, "What we want are guys that can keep it in the inside," and I think a year ago. They had too many plays where the corner let the receiver get outside. And that and that quarter's defense that they're running, that puts a ton of pressure on the corner to win the one-on-ones, where if you put the play more towards the inside of the field, obviously you're going to have more help, more defensive help. And that's where a physical corner hopefully – uh, will will keep that uh, play you know filtered more to the middle. Well, yeah, you can funnel everything into your into your safeties where all your help is and everything in that back end. So, um, but yeah, it, it, Lamar Jackson should be a guy who could do that. He's, um, I mean, I can't it, I can't state it enough how how good that that he looks physically, um, and he he walks like he knows that he's. Uh, He's a, a dude too. He's got a, he's got a swag. Yeah, to him. he's got that swag to him. He knows. He knows what 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 the deal is. So <laughs> it's going to be fun to see how he progresses. I think obviously, you know, from a physical standpoint, he's he's that guy. Now, what where's he at mentally? You know, where's he picking up the game and fitting in mentally and knowing what he has to do, and knowing his assignments. I think that that mental side of things is what's going to tell the story in terms of how early his impact can be felt this fall. We're talking newcomers here as they are all on campus, right? And they know nobody's not here right now. So the entire signing class is here going through conditioning, going through training um, throughout the month of June and July here. And another guy we talked to Coach Stewart about was DiCaprio Boodle. And he's somebody, Nate, that we didn't see a lot of uh, or hear a lot of because he kind of laid low. I mean, they found him in the satellite camp. And then after that, we didn't really hear much from him because he just kind of was a low-key type of guy. But he right now is probably one of the two, three fastest guys on the entire roster. And after Lamar Jackson, from all reports we've heard from the coaches, he's probably the next best of that defensive back group. 
Yeah, right now, I mean, DiCaprio Boodle obviously caught their attention last summer at the satellite camp when he ripped off that 4-3-8 40-yard dash, and then Brian Stewart was able to work out with him, um, you know, hands-on and, and work him out in person, but... He is. He's a low-key kid. He doesn't like to do a ton of talking on social media. He doesn't like to do a lot of interviews. So he wasn't necessarily a guy that was was in the spotlight a ton. And he played on a very talented team. So he wasn't, you know, the main guy on on his squad necessarily that last fall. And so um, he has kind of flown under the radar. But you know, being able to get an eyeball on him, he he's all of five foot eleven. And you know, I think when when Nebraska signed him. Um, um, you know, last fall, I think he was listed as 170 pounds. He's definitely closer to 185, 190 pounds. He, I mean, he's put together. And he ran a 10-5 electronic yeah, or handheld this he, year? He's a, he's a 10-5 electronic guy. He had, the, he had the third fastest 200-meter uh, time in the state of Florida. Um, That's a slow speed state. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, he is a legitimate big-time sprinter he he has track speed verifiable track speed but he 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 quit track halfway through the season because um he was at the point where he was saying okay if i continue to to go along with track and and work towards you know making it to state and and work towards winning a gold medal in state i'm gonna lose all the work that i put in uh, in the off season in the weight room and so he was going to end up you know losing a lot of weight losing a lot of that muscle mass um, becoming lighter and he didn't want to sacrifice that that lost strength and lost muscle mass um, you know d- for track and be kind of behind the eight ball when he made it onto campus this summer and so uh, he he gave up track and, you know to be able to to arrive at Nebraska uh, physically ready to roll and uh, and I think that right there you know is is a sign of a really mature kid and a kid who has a, a definite you know goals and priorities of playing early I'll say that first Friday Night Lights camp a couple of weeks ago uh, was the, the first time I actually got to see a lot of these guys in person you know I've been reading your guys' articles and stuff like that and I knew about him, but it was the first time I actually got to see him with my own eyes. And obviously, Lamar Jackson stood out right away, uh, clearly. Uh, but there were three other guys, three other impressions I got uh, from some of these newcomers that you know are coming here for the fall. The first, I saw uh, Matt Farniak uh, stand next to Nick Gates you know, as they were kind of warming up before the camp started. And he reminds me so much of a young Nick Gates. I mean, just as far as the frame goes and just the, the, the hair and everything. I mean, there's a lot of similarities just from an eyeball test and seeing them kind of next or side to side. You could see, you know, kind of what, maybe what Farniak could look like in a couple of years in Nebraska strength and conditioning program. So that was certainly an encouraging thing to see. And uh, another one, there's always that dude. That, you know, he's 18 years old, but he looks like he's 28, maybe even like 38. <laughs> and that guy, for me, was Pernell Jefferson. I mean, he's just got that face to him. He's got, he looks like he's got that LeBron James look where, you know, like I said, he's 18 going on 30. And uh, he looks like a grown man out there. And in fact, it was one of those things where I had to ask somebody, who's that guy? And it's like, that's Pernell Jefferson. Oh. Yeah, it does not look like an incoming freshman. So uh, I think that he certainly should be ready to, to get the ball rolling here pretty quickly. And lastly, Quayshawn Alexander may have the biggest legs I have ever seen from a true freshman. I mean, I don't know how much that dude squats, but I'll tell you what, he's got tree trunks, man. Linebacker or defensive end, Nate? Uh, he'll start out at linebacker. Uh, but 
Yeah, there's a couple guys. I think uh, Jojo you know, Doman. Jojo Doman will be at linebacker, but I no, think, he's starting at safety first. Well, he's, yeah, he's starting at safety. There's a chance he moves to linebacker. Um, you know, Quayshon Alexander, I think will be starting at linebacker, but there's a chance that he moves to defensive end. There's a couple guys that has some flexibility there. You know, we talking about Pernell Jefferson yeah. having that the that older look. <laughs> Tony Butler is another one who who definitely does not look like an eighteen year old kid. The birth certificate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and it, what's funny is from talking with a couple of guys at the camp, he's actually picked up the nickname Grandpa. <laughs> they're calling him they're Grandpa. calling him Gr- Grandpa Butler. <laughs> nice <laughs> because uh, because he definitely <laughs> looks like he's uh, uh, looks like he's probably about twenty eight instead of eighteen. We're running out of time here, but I want to throw two more names out here: Tanner Lee for the future. I've talked to a few players. He's a transfer quarterback from Tulane, and I've had a couple guys tell me if he was eligible to play this year. That race between him and Armstrong would be pretty interesting. I mean, I'm not saying he would have beat Armstrong this year, but it would definitely have been, um, you know, interesting to see them compete in camp. And then Trey Bryant, uh, number one index tester, not a surprise. He dominated the Nike camp spark score uh, as a high school guy. He's been training high, but Trey Bryant, Nate, I think he's kind of, I know you were one that really, really felt he deserved four-star ranking. And early on in, in the newcomer world, it looks like he's kind of showing that he's that type of player. Yeah, I think he's going to be the real deal. I was blown away. You know, I liked him before I saw him in person. You know, I liked his film and everything, but uh, being able to see him in person play last fall, I was I was blown away. And just being able to get to know him, know his mental makeup, to go along with all of his physical attributes. I mean, this is a kid. I think he's got a bright, bright future ahead of him, and he has even improved physically. Um, you know, from the time that I saw him last you know, late November or whenever that was. So, uh, yeah, definitely keep an eye out for Trey Bryant. I think that he's got a bright future ahead of him. All right, well, upwards of 10 four-star recruits will be in Lincoln this weekend for both the five – or not the five-star challenge, but uh, Nebraska's Friday Night Lights camp and the Big Red weekend. We're going to close the show with Nate Klaus's preview and breakdown of that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com. Your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the program, but it may be our most important segment here as Nebraska will have a humongous showing of recruits this weekend. And Sean Callahan and Nate Klaus as we wrap it up here. And Nate, upwards of possibly 10 four-star or higher ranked recruits on campus, whether it's the camp itself on Friday or the Big Red Weekend have you ever seen this type of showing of recruits in June at Nebraska? I know we've seen them for official visits, but have you ever seen for an unofficial weekend this type of showing? Yeah, I mean, we've seen some some decent-sized turnouts for Big Red weekends before, but uh, never never this caliber from top to bottom. And, and especially, I don't recall a time where we've seen this many four- and five-star guys that are actually going to be working out at the camp. And that's what, you know, you've got arguably, you know, right around 13 or so visitors that are coming in, like legit prospects that are coming in for uh, Friday Night Lights and Big Red Weekend, but at least seven of those guys are going to be working out on Friday night. And and I'm not talking about, you know, a couple of three stars, um, not to diminish a three-star prospect, but, you know, a couple, you know, lower-rated guys uh, out of everyone that are, that are working to, to, uh, to get a scholarship. These are all guys that already have scholarships. And you, you've got guys like uh, Joseph Lewis, who's a five-star wide receiver, going to be working out. 
out. Cameron or uh, Keyshawn Johnson Jr., four-star wide receiver, working out. Tyjon Lindsey, four-star receiver, working out. Javon McQuitty, four-star receiver, working out. Um, Tristan Jebbia, the quarterback commit, who's a four-star, is going to be thrown to all these guys. Uh, Brendan Radley-Hiles is a Rivals Top 100 2018 prospect from Calabasas that's going to be here and working out. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, and uh, I don't know that we've ever really experienced that uh, before. Well, this is what I like about it. You're going to have Tristan Jebbia here. You're going to have Keyshawn Johnson Jr., and they know a lot of people on campus, a lot of other guys in town. So these kids are going to have, you know, they're going to they're going to have a good experience. They're going to be with two guys that know the lay of the land. Um, so whether it's Friday night or Saturday night or whatever, um, you would think that Jebbia Johnson Jr. get a lot of these guys together and they're going to do some stuff, have some fun. Um, and not just be at the hotel and on the campus. And um, it's that the behind-the-scenes stuff like that, that that can play a big, big impact on maybe getting a guy to commit. No question, especially for the guys that haven't been on, been to Nebraska before or, or have maybe only visited once one other time. So uh, these guys are getting in, the large majority of these players are getting in late Thursday night. They know all the current players already. They, and they have friends outside of football on campus already. A lot of these guys, that's how, how much they've been to Lincoln. And I think um, all those connections, there's going to be plenty of things to do. And a guy like Joseph Lewis, who is from, you know, kind of inner city L.A., has never visited Nebraska before. Um, you know, that, I think that's one question that he has is, what is what is there to do in Lincoln, Nebraska? Am I going to like going, you know, halfway across the country, you know, to, to potentially to play football and to go to school? school and um you know if you're used to being living right in smack dab in the middle of la you're used to you know having uh endless options of things to do so i think it's good that that uh, guys like Keyshawn jr and tristan jebbia are going to be kind of running the show here and and operating uh you know with plenty to do behind the scenes yeah that behind the scenes quote-unquote entertainment that these guys Mm -hmm. find that's kind of been the thing that's gotten the ball over the goal line i think that's what has, I mean, it's more than just the football and everything else. And I think these guys have realized that. And they see Nebraska has two direct flights now from LAX to Omaha. So it's easier to get here. I mean, Keyshawn said it to us at the satellite camp. Heck, heck, it's the same amount of flight time from here to Lincoln as it would be from here to Seattle mm-hmm. um, when they look at LA. So ex- accessibility is, is not hard. I mean, you can get to Lincoln direct now for about $300 uh, on these Southwest and American Airline flights. Um, Nate, another guy that I'm intrigued is Trevor Trout. He's going to be here as a 2018 Rivals Top 100 defensive end out of St. Louis, and he just visited Ohio State. Now, an offer, to my knowledge, has not come yet from the Buckeyes. Uh, they did offer Cameron Babb, though, right? Mm-hmm. And with Bab, was Babb at the same camp? Yeah, they were at the same camp. They worked out at the same camp. Babb got the offer. Trout has not got the offer yet, which is kind of comes as a surprise to me, to be perfectly honest. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it has something to do with Ohio State's Board. need. They're bored. Yeah, they're bored at, at defensive tackle for 2018. You know, it could be where maybe they're only taking one or two guys and they're being extremely selective, as Ohio State can usually be. So I'm not sure. But when you look at Trevor Trout, I mean, he's he's not only probably the, the top defensive tackle in this region, but he's he's one of the top um, overall prospects in the entire country. He's, 
he's one notch below a five star right now. He's a six point oh four star, um, and and his offer list though is kind of surprising for a guy with his type of talent and for um, you know as highly ranked as he is, he doesn't have quite the offer list that you would expect yet. But I think that plays to Nebraska's advantage. You're going to be having him on campus for the first time this weekend. Uh, St. Louis is definitely a place where the Huskers have made a strong push here over the last couple months. To They're offering a lot of prospects in that 2018, even that 2019 class. And uh, obviously pulling Trey Bryant out of the area has been big. Um, and Trevor Trout is very good friends with Trey Bryant, Javon McQuitty, um, and, and a lot of these other kids that the Huskers that are That group of us upper echelon St. Louis guys, they, they stay close, don't they? I mean, it's kind of a tight little fraternity of those guys. And it's not even the upper echelon guys it, I think it's pretty it, it's kind of a neat little phenomenon that I've been able to, to kind of observe from Twitter how how tight group uh, how tight knit this group of athletes from St. Louis you know how how tight they are I mean each time one of these guys gets an offer Every kid from St. Louis that's a prospect is is out on Twitter congratulating these guys you know this kid on, on an offer and it could be an offer from you know, Lindenwood University, which is an NAIA school, uh, a kid named Dylan Conway just picked up an offer from Lindenwood yesterday. And there was probably 50 kids from St. Louis, you know, congratulating, congratulating him. him on Twitter. And even kids, even a couple kids from the Kansas City area uh, that were congratulating him. So it, it's kind of neat to see how tight knit these these kids from Missouri, especially the St. Louis kids are. They really want to see each other succeed. And I think uh, a lot of that has to do with kind of the social climate in St. Louis right now it's I mean it's been well documented it's been in the news quite a bit especially with all the Ferguson stuff there's uh, the University of Missouri yeah and the University of Missouri these kids are are seeing football as a way to get out of St. Louis and go and and get a free education um, play you know play the sport that they love to play and compete on a national scale and I think that each one of these kids is happy to see um, you know all the opportunities that each other have so it's so far south from the Big Ten that a lot of the Big Ten teams don't go down there. And when you compare it to the SEC footprint, Nate, I, I think St. Louis kind of sits in an area where a lot of the teams don't need to go up there necessarily because they can get maybe a lot of that same type of player in their own footprint. So it is just such a, a unique footprint of a state where there's a lot of talent there, but nobody, as we've talked about a lot, has a strong hold on it right now. Yeah, I think Arkansas, in terms of SEC teams, I think Arkansas is probably that team, that main SEC team that that reaches into St. Louis, and uh, especially due to their proximity, you know, they can kids can get there to Fayetteville fairly easy, and, and vice versa. So, uh, but yeah, this is uh, I think this is could continue to be a very big area for the Huskers, and and to get Trevor Trout on campus this weekend is huge. First get, time ever for him. Right? First time ever that he's going to be on campus. So, and to be around a bunch of other kids, a highly touted prospects that he either knows already from being at the Five Star Challenge or, you know, Kansas City Rivals Camp and uh, so on and so forth, or just, you know, through social media, whatever. Um, that's always a big deal, too, to get all these guys together. Um, they create a bond. You know, they're able to, to kind of start dreaming 
thinking, I guess, about you know what it would be like, what they could do, what their impact could be to play at Nebraska uh, and be on the same team together. So um, there's there's a lot of different things that happen at events like this, and and this is going to be a big one for uh, for Trevor Trout. Well, it's going to be a big weekend on Husker Online, so make sure you are logged on. Starting Friday, we will have um, a full coverage of the Friday Night Lights camp. Uh, we're going to have our photographer there, Tyler Kreklau. We're going to have a great photo gallery, lots of video from Greg Peterson, analysis from Nate Klaus, and the entire team. And then on Saturday, we'll wrap things up with Big Red Weekend. So this will be as big of a, of a June recruiting weekend as we've seen and no place will be covering it more than Husker Online. We hope to see you on the site as we will bring that coverage to you. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.